Chapter 43 People who meet on the street secretly dedicate themselves to operations of black magic. They bind or seek to bind themselves to the spirits of darkness, to satisfy their ambitions, their hates, their loves, to do, in a word, evil. J. K. Wiesmont, Preface to J. Bois, The Satanisme et la Magie, 1895, pages Roman 8 to Roman 9. I had thought that Project Hermes was the rough sketch of an idea, not a plan of action, but I didn't yet know Signor Garamond. In the days that followed, while I stayed late in libraries looking for illustrations about metals, at Minutius they were already at work. Two months later, in Belbo's office, I found, hot off the press, an issue of the Italic Parnassus, with a long article, The Rebirth of Occultism, in which the well-known hermeticist Dr. Merbius, Belbo's new pseudonym and source of his first bonus from Project Hermes, talked about the miraculous renaissance of the occult sciences in the modern world, and announced that Minutius intended to move in this direction with its new series, Isis Unveiled. Meanwhile, Signor Garamont had written letters to various reviews of Hermeticism, astrology, tarot, ufology, signing one name or another and requesting information about the new series announced by Minutius, whereupon the editors of the reviews telephoned Minutius, requesting information, and Signor Garamont acted mysterious, saying he could not yet reveal the first ten titles, which were, however, in the works. In this way, the world of the occultists, stirred by constant drumming of the tom-toms, was now alerted to Project Hermes. We disguise ourselves as a flower, Signor Garamond said, having summoned us to his office, and the bees will come swarming. That wasn't all. Garamond wanted to show us the flyer, the dépliant, he called it. A simple affair, four pages, but on glossy paper. The first page reproduced what was to be the uniform cover of the books in the series, a kind of golden seal, the Pentacle of Solomon, Garamond explained, on a black ground. The page was framed by interwoven swastikas, but Asian swastikas, Garamond hastened to add, which went in the direction of the sun, not the Nazi kind which went clockwise. At the top, where each volume's title would go, were the words, There are more things in heaven and earth. The flyer extolled the glories of Minutius in the service of culture, then stated, with some catchy phrases, that the contemporary world sought truths deeper and more luminous than those science could provide. From Egypt, from Chaldea, from Tibet, a forgotten knowledge for the spiritual rebirth of the West. Belbo asked where the flyer would go, and Garamond smiled like the evil genius of the Raja of Assam, as Belbo would have said. From France I've ordered a directory of all the secret societies in the world today. It exists. Here it is. Edition Henri Verrier, with the addresses, postal codes, phone numbers. Take a look at it, Belbo, and eliminate those that don't apply, because I see it also includes the Jesuits, Opus Dei, the Carbonari, and Rotary. Find all the ones with occult tendencies. I've already underlined some. He leaped through it. Here you are, the Absolutists, who believe in metamorphosis, the Aetherius Society of California, telepathic relations with Mars, the Astra of Lausanne, Oath of Absolute Secrecy, Atalanteans in Great Britain, Search for Lost Happiness, Builders of the Adatum in California, Alchemy, Kabbalah, Astrology, Cercle E.B. of Perpignan, Dedicated to Hathor, Goddess of Love and Guardian of the Mountain of the Dead, Cercle Eliphas Lévy of Mole. I don't know who this Lévy is, perhaps that French anthropologist or whatever he was, Knights of the Templar Alliance of Toulouse, Druidic College of Gaul, 
Coubon Spiritualiste de Jericho, the Cosmic Church of Truth in Florida, Traditionalist Seminar of Econe in Switzerland, the Mormons—I read about them in a detective story, too, but maybe they don't exist anymore—the Church of Mithra in London and Brussels, the Church of Satan in Los Angeles, the United Luciferan Church of France, the Apostolic Rosicrucian Church in Brussels, Children of Darkness and Green Order on the Ivory Coast. Oh, let's forget that one. God knows what language they write in. Escuela Hermatista Occidental of Montevideo, the National Institute of Kabbalah in Manhattan, the Central Ohio Temple of Hermetic Science, Tetranosis of Chicago, Ancient Brethren of the Rosy Cross of Saint-Cyr-sur-Mer, the Johannite Fraternity for the Templar Resurrection in Kassel, International Fraternity of Isis in Grenoble, Ancient Bavarian Illuminati of San Francisco, the Sanctuary of Gnosis of Sherman Oaks, the Grail Foundation of America, Sociedade do Graal do Brasil, Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor, Lectorium Rosicrucianum in Holland, the Grail Movement of Strasbourg, Order of Anubis in New York, Temple of the Black Pentacle in Manchester, Odinist Fellowship in Florida, the Order of the Garter, even the Queen of England must be in that one, the Order of the Vril, Neo-Nazi Masons, no address, Militia Templi in Montpellier, Sovereign Order of the Solar Temple in Monte Carlo, Rosy Cross of Harlem, oh, you understand, even the blacks now, Wicca, Luciferine Association of Celtic Obedience, they invoke the seventy-two genii of the Kabbalah. Need I go on? Do all those really exist? Belbo asked. Those and more. To work, gentlemen. Draw up a definitive list. Then we'll do our mailing. Include all those foreigners. News travels fast among them. One thing remains for us to do. We have to go around to the right shops and talk not only with the booksellers but also with the customers. Mention that such and such a series exists. Theo DeLevy objected that we shouldn't expose ourselves in this way. We should find people to do it for us. Garamond told him to find some, provided they're free. That's asking a lot, Belbo said when we were back in his office. But the gods of the underworld were protecting us. At that very moment Lorenza Pellegrini came in, more solar than ever, making Belbo brighten. She saw the flyers and was curious. When she heard about the project of the firm next door, she said, Terrific! I have this fantastic friend, an ex-Tupamaro from Uruguay who works for a magazine called Picatrix. He's always taking me to seances. There I met a fantastic ectoplasm. He asks for me now every time he materializes. Belbo looked at Lorenza as if to ask her something, then changed his mind. Perhaps he was becoming accustomed to hearing about Lorenza's alarming friends and had decided to worry only about the ones that threatened his relationship with her. Did they have a relationship? In that reference to Picatrix he saw the threat not of the colonel but of the fantastic ex-Tupamaro. But Lorenza was now talking about something else, telling us that she visited many of those little shops that sold the kind of books Isis Unveiled wanted to publish. "'That's a real trip, you know,' she was saying. "'They tell all about medicinal herbs or list instructions for making a homunculus. Remember what Faust did with Helen of Troy?' "'Oh, Jacopo, let's. I'd love to have your homunculus, and then we could keep it like a dachshund. "'It's easy,' the book says. "'You just have to collect a little human seed in a test tube. That wouldn't be hard for you.' Don't blush, silly. Then you mix it with hippomony, which is some liquid that is excreted—no, not excreted, what's the word? 
Secreted, Theotalevi suggested. Really? Anyway, pregnant mares make it. I realize that's a bit harder to get. If I were a pregnant mare, I wouldn't like people coming to collect my hippomene, especially strangers, but I think you can buy it in packages, like joss sticks. Then you put it all in a pot and let it steep for forty days, and little by little you see a tiny form take shape, a fetus thing, which in another two months becomes a dear little homunculus, and he comes out and puts himself at your service. And they never die. Imagine, they'll even put flowers on your grave after you're dead. What about the customers in those bookshops? Fantastic people, people who talk with angels, people who make gold, and professional sorcerers with faces exactly like professional sorcerers. What's the face of a professional sorcerer like? An aquiline nose, Russian eyebrows, piercing eyes. The hair is long, like painters in the old days, and there's a beard, not thick, with bare patches between the chin and the cheeks, and the moustache droops forward and falls in clumps over their lips. But that's only natural, because their lips are thin, poor things, and their teeth stick out. They shouldn't smile with those teeth, but they do, very sweetly. But the eyes—I I said they were piercing, didn't I?—look at you in an unsettling way. Facies hermetica, Theotalevi remarked. Really? Well, you understand, then. When somebody comes in and asks for a book, say, of prayers against evil spirits, they immediately suggest the right title to the bookseller, and, of course, it's always a title he doesn't have in stock. But then, if you make friends and ask if the book works, they smile again, indulgently, as if they were talking to children, and they say that with this sort of thing you have to be quite careful. They tell you about cases of devils that did horrible things to friends of theirs, but when you get frightened, they say that often it's only hysteria. In other words, you never know whether they believe in it or not. Sometimes the booksellers give me sticks of incense as presents. Once one of them gave me a little ivory hand to ward off the evil eye. Then if the occasion arises, Belbo said to her, while you're browsing in those places, ask if they know anything about the new Minutia series, and show them our flyer. Lorenza went off with a dozen flyers. I guess she did a good job in the weeks that followed, but even so I wouldn't have believed things could move so fast. Within a few months, Signora Grazia simply couldn't keep up with the diabolicals, as we had come to call the SFAs with occult interests. And, by their very nature, they were legion.